Welcome to the Wanderers History Podcast and to a new episode of the series Rulers and Monarchs of the 16th Century Mediterranean. After talking about the reign of Ottoman Sultan Suleiman the Magnificent, I would like to continue by talking about a pillar of Ottoman administration and politics from the second half of the 16th century, someone who I've mentioned briefly in the previous episodes, namely Grand Vizier Mehmed Sokolu Pasha. Alternative names also being Mehmed Sokoli or Mehmed Sokolevich. He represented a crucial figure for the Ottomans in that period serving under free sultans from Suleiman to Selim II to Murad III until his assassination in 1579. What made him so important for the Porte and the Ottoman Empire? That is a question that can only be asked by looking at his entire history from his origins, ascension to power, to his final years. Before we continue, I would like to remind you to please hit that subscribe button to make sure you never miss any new material from the podcast, if you haven't done so already. Let us resume. Mehmed Sokolu was born in the Sanjak of Herzegovina, then part of Rumelia, which was the Balkan and European part of the Ottoman Empire. His roots were Orthodox Serbian, but he converted to Islam at an early age, as he also attended the Enderun military school and became a janissary of the Ottoman army. He showed remarkable potential and was also a noted polyglot being able to speak Serbian, Latin, Arabic, Ottoman and Italian. According to records of the time, Sokolo was present at both the Battle of Mohac in 1526 and the Siege of Vienna of 1529. In 1541, he became imperial chamberlain and through his position would become very close to Ottoman Sultan Suleiman the Magnificent and the lawgiver, who we talked about in the previous episode. Sokolu became Belerbe, or governor general of Rumelia, in 1551, and in 1552, we see him leading the charge at Temeshvar or Timisoara in the successful Ottoman siege. Sokolu had a steady rise to power as he became third vizier in 1555, and he was given a place in the Imperial Council, or Divan. He proved very effective in suppressing the rebellion in Thessalonique. Mehmed Sokolu also played an important role in negotiating with Shah Tahmasp I of Persia after Bayezid retreated due to the defeat at Konya in 1559 against Selim II. This would prove to be a critical an important step in the career of Mehmed Sokolu Pasha as Selim II the Sot would become Ottoman Sultan in 1566. In June 1565, Grand Vizier Semiz Ali Pasha passed away and Suleiman chose Sokolu as his successor. Sokolu proved successful in many administrative positions of the Ottoman apparatus. He had an in innate understanding of the inner workings of Rumelian Ottoman territories. He was a keen proponent of maintaining peaceful trading relations with Venice, with the Republic being at peace with the Ottomans since the conclusion of the Third Ottoman-Venetian War, which ended in 1540. Above all, he had strong convictions against the Habsburgs, especially the Austrian ones. All in all, this made him ideal for the position of Grand Vizier of the Ottoman Empire, especially as Selim II ascended 
the Ottoman throne in 1566. From this point onwards, it is important to study case by case the policies of Mehmed Sokolu Pasha to show how he influenced Ottoman policy during the reigns of both Selim II between 1566 and 74 and Murad III until Sokolu's death in 1579. There was some debate regarding Sokolu's legacy. Orientalist Aurel de Che contradicted Austrian Orientalist von Hammer and Nikolai Yorga, whom de Che thought had overestimated his overall impact. It was Ottoman tradition for a newly instated Ottoman sultan to have a grand conquest, some triumphal campaign to show the subjects of the Ottoman Empire and the Janissaries the infallibility of the Porte and the Sultan. As stated in the previous episode, Suleiman made a serious mistake by choosing to support Selim over Bayezid at Konya in 1559. Bayezid was built much in the image of his father, a great military commander beloved by the Janissaries. Selim, on the other hand, was the embodiment of a mercurial hedonism, earning the nickname the Sot for his love of Cypriot wine. When Suleiman passed away at Sigetvar in 1566, Sokolu kept that a secret to avoid any turbulences during the Ottoman transition of power and made sure that Selim II would become Sultan. A mercurial individual who trusted Sokolu, it paved the way for the Grand Vizier to almost undisputed power at least until 1569. Mehmed Sokolu Pasha was a figure on which I focused much time during my postgraduate research on the Fourth Ottoman-Venetian War and in general the period between 1559 and 1581. It can be argued that apart from the three sultans under which he served, Sokolu was one of the most powerful figures in the Ottoman Empire. What made Sokolu successful was the fact that he preferred economic growth of the Ottoman Empire and solid diplomatic ties with Venice and France, as opposed to pashas such as Mustafa, Piale, and ultimately sultans like Selim, who were determined to go to war, no matter the cost or consequences. Orientalist historians, such as Joseph von Hammer, argued that the stationary era of the Ottoman Empire began with Sokolu's passing in 1579. Another historian of the Ottoman Empire, Aurel de Che, who I've already mentioned, argued that Suleiman's passing in 1566 marked the actual beginning of the Ottoman decline. Fernand Brodel talks about the period between 1559 and 1565 as the last years of Turkish supremacy, somewhat ended by the Ottoman failure to capture Malta in 1565. As stated before, Cyprus became a target for the Ottomans once Selim II became Sultan in 1566 and he needed a triumphal resounding success to commence his reign. Cyprus had a complicated history dating back to the Mamluks who had been conquered by the Ottomans in 1517. With Selim II's rise to power we see not only Mehmed Sokolu Pasha gaining more power but also arguably one of his fiercest rivals Joseph Nasi, also called Mikas, who became lord over the Duchy of Naxos in 1566 and aspired to be king of Cyprus. Cyprus had been under Venetian rule formally since 
1489 and was one of the most important economic domains and cogs of the Venetian Commonwealth because of natural resources, supplies and the trade with the Levant. This would inevitably lead to the Ottomans reigniting the conflict in the Mediterranean with the Venetians, something Mehmed Sokolu Pasha did not want mainly because he wanted to maintain trading relations with the Signori and he believed Cyprus was not worth the effort. Levantine commerce was an important source of finances for both Venice and the Ottomans. The Venetians had their own neighborhood in Constantinople and generally Sokolu was on good terms with the Venetian bylaws. The fact that the Fourth Ottoman War against Venice started in 1570 and not 1566 can be partially attributed to Mehmed Sokolu Pasha and I'll explain why. 16th century Venetian historian Paolo Paruta also considered that Mehmed Sokolu Pasha had substantial amounts of influence over the delaying of the War of Cyprus. Joseph Nasi's rise to prominence at the Porte also marked another substantial problem for Sokolu because France had banished Nasi and that was a problem because his family, the Mendes family, had a bank which was a creditor to the French crown. This would lead to a major deterioration of Franco-Ottoman relations, solid especially during the times of Francis I and Suleiman and the common front that created in the Mediterranean against Spain, Charles V, and later on, Philip II. We see a report written by Bailo Marcantonio Barbaro to the Doge, portraying the rivalry between Mehmed Sokolu Pasha and Joseph Nasi through the following statement, quote, In this connection, I should mention that although... Mikiel is so hated by the Pasha that he has often tried to reduce him to ruin in various ways. The other has always managed to save himself, the Grand Signor himself excusing him and defending him on several occasions. Many persons thinking the reason for this is that he very frequently pleases the Grand Signor and various of the principal Agas of his court with trivial presents of comestibles. As a result of these gifts, the latter takes every occasion to be of service to him with the Grand Signor. It is thus that he is able to maintain himself in spite of Mehmed Pasha, who is his mortal enemy." End quote. This report or statement clearly shows the severe animosity between Mehmed Sokolu Pasha and Joseph Nasi, who had a tremendous amount of trust and capital with Selim II. It would only be after the War of Cyprus when Nasi would start to lose influence at the Porte. More on the impact Joseph Nasi had on Ottoman affairs at the Porte will be discussed in the next episode. Of course, because of their rivalry, Sokolu will be discussed at times in that episode as well. Moving on. Before 1570, we would see a common front being formed between Venice, France and Mehmed Sokolu Pasha against Nasi, aiming at removing his influence. In October 1569, a new commercial treaty was ratified between France and the Ottomans, 
which ultimately was a notable win for Sokolu. Returning to his election in 1565, Sokolu represented a significant change from his predecessors. He was primarily interested in the economic growth of the empire, preserving peace with the Porte's most important commercial partners, France and Venice. His policies were long-term, exemplified by his desires to connect the Don and the Volga through a canal in 1569. Sokolu also aimed to stop the severe rise of inflation pre present throughout the majority of the Ottoman Empire, which was also facing crippling regional deficits. Sokolu knew that in order to counteract the financial power and influence of Nasi, he needed the support of the Janissaries, seen by him as a fundamental Ottoman institution which needed adequate funding. In 1568, Mehmed Sokolu saw a great opportunity for causing damage to Spain, not in Morocco or the Mediterranean, but the Iberian Peninsula itself. In 1568, the Morisco Rebellion was started to affect Spain internally. Sokolu also used this as a pretext to not declare war in Cyprus, but rather redirect Ottoman resources, aiding the Moriscos against what was considered the Ottoman Empire's greatest enemy, the Spanish. What was problematic was that since the failed attempt of conquering Malta in 1565 and Suleiman's last campaign in 1566, there was no significant effort, a military effort of the Ottoman Empire, which grew accustomed to growth via expansions of his territory. This became a problem as Piale Pasha and Mustafa Pasha, leading figures of the Ottoman land forces and navy, who kept encouraging Selim to declare war on Cyprus and Venice. Mustafa and Piale shifted their allegiance from Sokolu to Nasi and Selim. Mehmed Sokolu procrastinated as long as he possibly could, time and time again, arguing that the Moriscos were the ones that needed help and it was a great opportunity at inflicting damage to Spain at home, while economically there was not much benefit in conquering Cyprus because it disrupted the trade in the Levant, the trade with the Venetians as well. However, we read in the account of Venetian senator and historian Diedo arguing that Sokolo tried to delay the conquest of Cyprus as an effort to strike at the right time, stating that, quote, Prudence and the interests of the empire recommended that the acquisition of the Kingdom of Cyprus should be deferred to a more convenient season, and that the Venetians should be lulled with the prospects of peace until they could be taken defenseless and unawares. End quote. In 1569, the spontaneous rebellion in Yemen once more delayed any movement against Venice and Cyprus. The plans to unite the Don and the Volga to facilitate Ottoman access to Persia were deemed as very expensive and the economic situation of the Ottoman Empire was already in dire straits. Eventually, by 1570, Mehmed Sokolu Pasha was running out of options and we see an observation from Paolo Paruta in the discourse between the Grand Vizier and Venetian Bailo uh, Barbaro we see that Sokolu told him, quote, What do you want with an island so far off 
that it is useless to you and it is the cause of such disorders. Leave it to us who have so many provinces neighboring it. End quote. While at first glance this seemed aggressive, provocative, and unwarranted, Sokolu knew about the preparations from late 1569 in Karamania. This seemed to be a last effort in trying to convince the Venetians to peacefully give Cyprus, which of course did not happen. In January 1570, Venetian ships were seized in Constantinople, Venetian merchants were arrested, and the Dalmatian possessions of the Venetian Republic were attacked by the Ottomans. A last futile attempt from Mehmed Sokolu was trying to convince Sultan Selim to accept a scenario where the Venetians would cede part of Dalmatia to the Ottomans and also increase the tribute for Cyprus. This failed and Sokolu feared the worst as he knew that the Venetians would seek an alliance with Spain and the papacy which came in the form of the Holy League. He also feared of the possibility of an Ottoman naval defeat which actually came through the Holy League victory at Lepanto. I have discussed at length about the Fourth Ottoman-Venetian War of Cyprus in the first four episodes of the podcast, also called the Venice series. So for more on that history, I strongly recommend to check those episodes out. Returning to Mehmed Sokolu, he had a very interesting conversation with the Venetian Bailo after the resounding success of the Holy League at Lepanto, and it read the following, quote, I am sensible Elkibeg, or Prince Ambassador, you have desired this audience with no other intention than to show the Sodoluk ostentation, natural to your countrymen, and to see our depression of mind by the loss we have suffered. But before you give a public testimony of your folly, I advise you as a friend to lay aside those vain airs and consider that though you have indeed shaved us pretty close, we have sawed off your arms. And as the beard, when shaved, grows again, and even thicker than before in three or four months, so our fleet, unless our woods fail us, will in a short space become larger and more numerous, whilst you can't do so much as think of recovering your arms. End quote. Mehmed Sokolupasha knew that he would be able to rebuild the Ottoman navy, which he did to a greater extent in 1572, albeit with substantial flaws. Like, for example, ships were being built with green timber or were incomplete. He also knew that economically, Venice could no longer continue to wage war against the Ottomans, as the Republic's finances also suffered from the elimination of Cypriot resources since 1570. The next step would be for Mehmed Sokolu Pasha, along with French envoys and Solomon Ashkenazi, to commence peace talks between the Porte and Venice and conclude the Fourth Ottoman-Venetian War, which would happen by 1574. He was also given an opportunity to pacify relations with the Venetians, distance them from Spain, 
while also continuing the Ottoman-Spanish War, as Don Juan aimed at incursions in Tunis in 1574. The War of Cyprus and how it went re-established Mehmed Sokolu's power at the Porte. He was right about the great cost of the war both financially and militarily. His predictions regarding the formation of the Holy League were also right. However, the victory in Cyprus quenched Selim II's first for an inaugural conquest for his reign. Sokolu also approved the completion of the Selim Mosque in Adrianople. So there is a degree of satisfying a mercurial sultan while rebalancing the affairs of the empire. He also kept the war with Spain going in an intermittent fashion. Interestingly, the truce between Spain and the Ottoman Empire happened in 1581, two years after Mehmed Sokolu's passing and assassination in 1579, which took place on October 11th. His 15-year rule as Grand Vizier was arguably one of the most important in Ottoman history, with a complex legacy after serving under three very different Ottoman sultans. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wanderers History Podcast about Mehmed Sokolu Pasha, Grand Vizier of the Ottoman Empire. Stay tuned for the next episode, which will be about Selim II, Ottoman Sultan, and Joseph Nasi. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to the channel to never miss any new history material. Until then, all the best.